Welcome back to Defeat the Darkness. This is Vivian L. Miller. I'm here with my friend, C.J. Jones. And today we're going to be talking about, we may be talking about this for more than one session, deception versus discernment. How are you doing today, Cheryl? I'm fabulous. How are you? I'm blessed, abundantly, highly favored, and deeply loved of the Lord. <laughs> I love that's it. My, that's my confession, and I'm sticking to it. There you go. So, so the, the, you know, I started thinking about the times that we live in. We live in a time that is unlike any other in human history. We are at the close of an age, and a lot of people don't, they're still asleep. They don't understand the times that we're in. Mm -hmm. To discern the times that we're in, and we're supposed to act accordingly. And so the Lord started dealing with me last week, right after we finished the last podcast deception and how deep the deception goes in so many different areas and there's more than one way to be deceived there's more than one way to um, figure out the truth bottom line is and it's the same for everybody um, the plumb line should be the, the word of God because without that plumb line you can't tell what's with all the deception that's in in the world right now there's no way to tell what is real and what isn't The Lord started dealing with me about knowing of Cheryl and knowing Cheryl. Mm -hmm. I might know your name, I might know where you live, I might know where you work, but you're going to respond. And if you do respond in, some, in a way that I know is familiar to me, I still don't know your motivations. Does right. that make sense? Yes. Okay, because you, you can see, I can, you can, you've known me for, I've forgotten how long it's been that we've known each other, but it's been at least, at least six years. Um, I think nine. Okay, see, I've lost track yeah. of time. It's been four years <laughs> since I moved away from away from where we were working together right so that it, i know it's been at least four but it, mm -hmm. it, but nine sounds about right but the thing of it is is that knowing me are two different things right you know me well enough after all these years that when you ask me my opinion what what, what am i going to give you the word right because my opinion is, you know, opinions are like noses. Everybody has one. Right. And, and opinions are different depending on who you talk to. Right. Not saying anybody's particularly wrong or right. That's not the issue. The issue is how are you going to know what is really, how are you going to discern what is the truth if you have only an opinion? Right. But if you're using the word of God as a plumb line and, and, you know, and people that do construction, they know the plumb line is what everything is measured by. It is the final authority. So if you're using the word of God as a plumb line, then you have something to be able to rightly divide. Is this the truth or is this a lie? Because that's what deception is. Right. So when today, while I was busy working, the Lord quickened me to a scripture in Psalm 103, and I had to look it up because I knew the scripture, but I didn't know the address. Psalm 103, 7, it says, I'm going to back up to verse 6. 
The Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He makes known he made known his ways unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. And on the surface it looks like he's saying the same thing, but it's not. On his ways unto Moses. In other words, Moses understood why he did what he did. Right. He made his acts known to the children of Israel. The rest of the, the Israelites didn't understand why he did certain things. Mm -hmm. Perfect example is when he they gave they were complaining about food in the desert and he gave them manna and he said, you know, gather it six days, but on the seventh day you're to rest. So on the sixth day, gather twice as much. Don't gather more than twice as much. Only, you know, gather one omer for each person. So on the sixth day, you, you gather two omer, but not more than that. Right. And that's so on the day of rest, you could rest. And what did mm -hmm. some of them do? Do you remember? Uh, not right off hand, no. They stored up. They didn't listen to what the Lord said. And instead of gathering twice as much, they gathered five. <coughs> Do you remember what happened when they did that? No. All the leftover went bad. That's it right. stank to high heaven and again gathered worms. Oh yes, you're right. Right? Mm -hmm. Because they didn't un they understood what he what he did. They didn't understand what was behind it. What was behind it was I will take follow my more, no less. And all of us can get in the way of what God's telling us to do because we decide we know better. Oh, well, that's true. And You're those right. people, part of the part of that whole storing it up was fear that God would not take care of them come the day after the Sabbath. Right. Because why else would you store up extra when he told you specifically Get twice as much on the sixth day. Not because that's your day of rest. And they gather up, you know, four times much, four four times as much, five times as much, whatever. They're gathering excess. Why would you do that unless you were afraid you weren't going to have anything? Right. After the that's, Sabbath. Right. That's not trusting in what God has said. Correct. Yeah. People have not changed all that much. Right. There are days when I say to the Lord, you know, it's a good thing you're God because if I was God, these people would not be around. I would have sm <laughs> smited them. Smited. And they, would, they would be dead. Mm -hmm. And that's, But that's not what we're supposed to do. We talked about love last time, and we're supposed to love it as he loves because love and his love was shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit when we became born again. And for us, it takes practice. He is love. But every time we're walking in love, we're putting him in the middle of it because he is love. Right. It's not just, it's not just my love that I'm, I'm giving. It is me yielding to the love that's within me that, that is really him. Is that too deep? Do I need to say that again? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> it sounded deep when I said it. I was like, maybe that's hard to understand um and if it is if somebody's listening and they want to they can back it up and listen again but because i came by the holy ghost 
But the thing of it is, is that in these times that we're in, we have to be able to discern what is deception and what is truth. And the best way to do that is to use the Right. And there are different forms of deception. And again, I'm going to mention my books. All my books are on Amazon. You can go to vivianomiller.com and there's links to get a printed copy or a copy from Amazon, whichever you prefer. Keep bringing my books up. And the reason I'm, we're doing all this, give you a chance to win. Not right. you specifically, but people that are listening. If you're tired of losing, then maybe it's time to do something different. Because there are forces arrayed against you and they've been loosed upon this, the earth in this last days. And there's far more going on now than there ever was that we have to stand against. And you cannot fight these, you cannot fight this battle, you know, physically take somebody to the, down to the gym and, and box. These are spiritual beings and they have to be handled in the spirit if you want to win. Right, exactly. And there's a lot of deception that comes. Get into that this time. We may have to wait till next time to do that. I'm not sure how this is going to go. I'm just going to follow. But the Lord pointed me first initially. He pointed me to the book of James. I was, I've been reading through the New Testament one chapter a day. And I got to James 1 about three days ago. Hmm. Because the Lord quickened it to me in parts that I hadn't really thought about for a while. Hadn't really, because I'm usually going to James 1 for wisdom. But in this case, something else got quickened to me besides the the wisdom that talks about, you know, if any of you lack wisdom, ask of God. So um, in James 1, looking here for a second and a lot of this around our own flesh you know trying to see this to to go into a place where we're not following we're not staying pure before the lord or we're not following what the lord said and and it's it's all about trying to get us off that path because remember we talked about the path being we looked it up in the Amplify where it talked about the path being narrow and, and constri- um, you know, narrow because of pressure. Yes. It was, it was, it was, it's constrained because of pressure and it's the pressure to do the wrong thing. So I'm going to back up here to verse 12, um, James 1, 12. Blessed is the man that endures temptation for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. You know, people say, well, God, you know, the Lord didn't stop this. No, he didn't do the temptation. Right. God already knows what Cheryl's going to do before Cheryl hit a a wall. He knows exactly what Cheryl's going to do. He doesn't need to try to figure it out. The devil is the one who, who tries to tempt and prod and and all the rest of it to try to get us off the path. But God already knows, which is why it right. says, "Don't ever, don't you know? Let no man say when he's tempted, he's tempted of God." Verse fourteen. 
But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust, and that the word lust is pressure, and enticed. So you're the person, me, you, whoever, is tempted, and then and pressured to be tempted. They're enticed. They're tempted, and they're pressured to move off to towards that temptation. Mm-hmm. Verse fifteen. Conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it's finished, do not hear, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In other words, God never changes; He is light and He is love. And then it goes. I'm going to skip down to.、Um, Okay, I'm. I'm gonna. I guess I really can't skip verse 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath, or slow to anger, for the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls, your mind, your will, and your emotions. If you're putting away And the the things that you know the naughtiness the filthiness that in the world, and you it says receive with meekness. In other words, God says to me, after somebody treats me really badly, forgive them. My flesh does not want to necessarily forgive them. <laughs> my flesh may want to give them a mouthful and tell、right. them what I think, a piece of my mind. Sure. Literally, to everyone we got angry with, we wouldn't have any mind left. No, that's that's true. You're right. Yeah.、Um, so the, it says, receive with meekness the engrafted word, the word that's within you. Receive it with meekness. In other words, okay, I don't want to forgive, but and so Lord, because I know that if I don't forgive them, you won't forgive me. So I forgive. I make a quality decision to forgive them, and I'll not hold this against them. Sometimes that means you're going to still keep in contact with that person. Other times it means the Lord will let you, you know, separate yourself completely from that person if there's somebody that the the enemy keeps using against you.、Mm-hmm. Verse twenty-two: Be you doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving your own self. Be doers of the word, and and this is right after received with meekness the engrafted word, which is the word offense means to stumble. If I receive with meekness, in other words, I I yield. What that tells me to do in a situation, then I am preventing myself from stumbling. I am preventing my soul, my mind, my will, and emotions from getting entangled in something that should I should be entangled in. That's going to draw me away. That narrow road that's contracted with pressure that's going to draw me away from the love walk.、Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay.、Uh, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own. Who deceives you if you're a hearer only? And not a doer, we do. We deceive ourselves. Correct. 
Mm-hmm. In my in my books, and I know I mentioned it in it, of the six that are out, I know I mentioned it at least in three of them. Enemy forces are talking about the, the person they're trying to torment. And they say, well, we've got our set up now. We don't have to do anything else because we know, based on what we just did, that she's going to do this and this and this. So we, we don't need all those demons there. We can remove some of them to go do something else because we know that when we do this, she will do this. Right. And she will keep herself enslaved. Hmm. It's that self-deception. Right. The enemy spends your personal devil. He knows specifically which buttons to push to make you anxious, to -hmm. make you angry, to make you blow your top. Yes. He's the same with me. He knows exactly what works. Mm -hmm. And he will use, he won't use what bothers me with you. Right. Because there's no point. You'd be like, ah, go away. <laughs> right? I mean, you know. Yes. And he against me. Because right. again, I'm going to go, he, no. <laughs> right. He's, doesn't learn up God. Everything he did, you notice when when God delivers someone, usually it's not just that person that gets affected by that deliverance. All of their friends, oftentimes a lot of their family, people that they work with, everybody. He never does something that affects only one person. The enemy tries to do the same thing. Mm, yeah, yeah, I can see that. And if somebody is is unknowingly or knowingly a tool of the enemy and I, I think in a lot of in several of my books I call the, the the person who's the tool the pawn because that's what the Lord showed me is their pawns on the chessboard that the devil's it's his chessboard and mm-hmm. they're the pawn to create the problem for the other person the one that they're trying to torment Right, right. Um, for verse twenty-three, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in the glass. For he beholds himself and goes his way, and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. And I've heard this used as an example, but it's a good one, so I'm going to use the same example, Cheryl. How many? How much? How much distance in inches or centimeters or meters? What centimeters, millimeters, between the tip of your nose and the top of your lip? I don't know. Maybe I don't. I don't either. Yeah, I don't know I'd... for me and myself <laughs> either, because we look in the mirror. We know what we look like. Right. But nobody's ever taken the time to measure that out. True. Now, if we were the kind of man who, who beholds himself in the glass and really pays attention and wanted to know, we would pull a ruler out and we would measure that and we would never forget it. Right? Well, that's what he's saying here. If you're a hearer only and not a doer, 
then you're like that person that looks in himself in the glass and he beholds himself and he goes his way and straightway or immediately forgets what man mm -hmm. but then in verse 25 it changes but whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty what is the perfect law of liberty god's law god's perfect law or the bible the bible yes and continues he being not sure but a doer of the work this man should be blessed in his deed when you when you act on the word of god that you know god's not expecting you to act on something you don't know but if you act on what you know and there's a gap between what you you do and what you're and manifestation of what you need god fills the gap yes he does yes he'll make up that little that space whether it be a half an inch or 10 miles 100 miles he'll make up that space between what you know and what needs to happen mm -hmm. now the more word you know the easier it gets for you to go further in that faith action and still he'll make up the difference because as you grow or as I grow the enemy forces become stronger but the good news is so does the anointing on you amen awesome <laughs> right Mm -hmm. So who whoso looks in the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man should be blessed in his deed. If verse 26, if any man among you seem to be religious, that word seem is really important. If any man among you seem to be religious, if someone seems to be something, what does that mean? It's, it's their their it's an appearance they're claiming that right right um and bridles not his tongue but deceives his own heart this man's religion is vain if someone's appears to be religious they appear to but their words are contrary to the word of God all the time. Right. To God, it's like cussing. Mm. I mean, mm. we think of cussing as four-letter words. God, right. love is a four-letter word. True. Right? <laughs> but <laughs> it is. But cussing to God is, is us giving our mouth over to the curse. Something was said in front of me yesterday, and it was something I had thought the devil's been trying to get me to say this particular thing for several weeks. He's been really prodding me to say this particular thing, and I won't say it because I don't want it to be to come to pass. Yeah. Because I know the power of my words, and when I say something negative, it comes to pass much faster than it. Because I know the power of my words, right? Right. So instead, yeah. he used someone at work to say the very thing that the devil's been trying to feed into my into my mouth for several weeks yeah and when that person said that my response was i can't agree with those words wow if i kept my mouth shut 
and let it pass? Yes. It would have come to pass again. It's a I've been trying to build in my life. And I refuse to let him go any further with this. I spoke wrongly about this particular thing in the past, and I have reaped the harvest of it. <laughs> and I'm not going to do it anymore. Right. Good. When I first learned this, and the Lord just quickened me to this story because I completely forgot about it. When I first learned the power of my words, I was still struggling to keep my words. I didn't know about the word at the time, but I knew that I, my words would come to pass. I went, I was, I was going to be in a vocal trio. I was the soprano for the trio, and we were having a rehearsal. And um, I was, I had, and I never am late, but in that particular time, I, I ended up being late for some reason. I got delayed with Brian or something. And I ended up coming in late. And one of the women said, oh, we thought maybe you had a flat tire. And I said, oh, no. And the next day, day or the day after I went to church and guess what? You had a flat tire. Lord, I didn't agree with that. He said you didn't refute it either. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and the Lord, and the Lord remind you know, let me know that was the reason that you got the flat tire. He says you didn't, you didn't say no. This is not going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. You just said no. I didn't. You know, you didn't deny you deny that it happened, but you didn't stop it from happening in the future. It wasn't even 48 hours between the time that comment was made and the time that I had the flat tire. That's interesting. Yeah. Proverbs 18 says, life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who eat it will love, love it, will eat the fruit thereof. This is not, it's not just words. If I could open up everybody's spirit, that I know that's born again and pour into them the revelation I've gained over the years about how important it is to watch our words, how important it is not to agree with something negative that's coming against you, because those are those fiery darts. Remember we talked in a few about the fiery darts? Yes. And do you remember what the fiery darts were coming from? The words of other people, the words Correct. of the devil, the enemy. Right. Through other people, because he can't speak to us except in our minds if we let him. We don't have to right. let him, but happen. it has to come through a human being, because we're the only ones who have legal right on this earth. Mm -hmm. So, but that's how important it is. So we deceive our own heart. And that man's religion is vain. In other words, he's not going to accomplish anything because he's deceiving his own heart. So the first part or the one of the ways that we can be deceived is through our own words. Our the point of this was. When right, we speak yes. words that are that go against the word of God, and all of us have fortresses in our lives that we may or may not have. At one point, all of my, because I was trying to be funny, I was trying to be humorous, 
my um, voicemails were always something about, you know, I can't come to the phone right now. I'm, you know, and it was always about being prisoner that I couldn't get away to answer the phone. That was the gist of it. Right. And Brian pointed out to me one time and he said, you know, you know, you really shouldn't have messages like that. I said, well, it's just being, he said, no, think about it. Even when you, because I would change it for like Easter, it would be the Easter bunny was, I was chasing Easter. You know, that kind of and he said, you need to stop doing that. And when he said it, it was like the Lord was speaking to me directly. It wasn't, I mean, all of a sudden it was like, you know, like the movies, God's voice, um, Charlton Heston's voice saying from the mountain, stop doing this. You know? <laughs> right. And, and I suddenly realized that there was this, there was merit in what Brian was saying, that the, the Lord was using him to say, stop making those kind of voicemails yeah and I missed doing it because I had fun doing it I always tried to come up with something you know for Easter I would make one and then I would change it for um, you know July 4th and I would have for different holidays and stuff and I had to get I had to put that aside my own heart because the gist of every one of them was I'm a, I'm a prisoner I, I'm a victim I can't go any further and the Lord said, you have to stop doing this. Yeah. So in this, it's not, you know, none of us are where we are today because we just suddenly became that way. We've right. all had, we've all have our things that we have to look at. And the thing of it is, and I, I, I don't remember which book it was specifically. I think, I think it may have been, um, Beauty for Ashes. Ashes, it was also, um, it was also New Beginnings. Those two books, I know for sure. There's, there's the, the enemy forces, when it goes to a scene with the enemy forces, they're saying, we've already got the stronghold built. All we have to do is come back and check every so often that it's still in place. Because she'll, with her words, she'll keep it, she'll keep it fortified. Right. Yeah. So we don't have to worry about it. Okay. And they would, they would, they they would, you know, reduce the number of people that were over that character. And then, as the believer in their life, the one that God sent to them to get them set free, comes into their life and starts teaching them things. Then suddenly they have to, they go to check on the on that character, and they find out, oh my goodness, you know, she's. She's starting to get free. She's gonna. She's waking up. We have to put her back where she was. And they'd say, in one case, get get that person offended. In another right. case, make them feel rejected because they needed them back in that in that prison. They needed them to say, yeah, nobody ever loves me. Nobody ever listens to me. Nobody ever pays attention to me. You know, whatever the situation was. Right. And we are the we are the enemies of our own, you know. We our our destiny is in our own mouth, but we are the enemies of our own future as well. If we don't, if we use our words wrongly, it's true. Yes. And so, deceiving yourself is done. It's a combination of things, but 
it's done with our mouth, but a lot of times the enemy, because he's the one who fed the inferiority or whatever, he's fed that into that person's shame. He's fed it into that person's life for their whole life. You know, maybe from the time they were, a person was four or five years old. Mm-hmm. You know, a mother who says, you, you know, you have to do it this way because otherwise you're never going to be anything in this life. You have to do this, do it this way, so that you. Because otherwise, if you don't do what I said, what I'm telling you, you're never going to be anything. So life happens, and that person doesn't follow what their mother said. Now they think they're nothing because their mother fed that into their little hearts when they were five years old. Right. Yeah. And they don't even remember that that's what happened, but that's what. And they use their parents because the parents didn't know. Yeah, I get that. I think everybody can relate to it. That's you know, the, one of the reasons the Lord had me do these all these books in novel form. But a person can read it and see themselves in that book, whatever one they're reading. They can they can tap into their own past or their own present and say, Oh, you know, that's kinda like what's happening to me right now. Because the problem with being, and I know I've said this before, but it's so, it's simple, but it's so profound. The problem with being deceived is when you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived. Oh, well, that's, you're right. (laughs) I mean, if you knew that what you were believing was a lie, you wouldn't. No, that's right. If you knew that the lie you're believing was the very thing that was keeping you from your your um, your destiny, your calling, your purpose, would you continue to, to believe that? To try to uproot what you were, your thinking and your words. Right. Mm-hmm. You're not going to just sit there and, and continue to, you know, the, the society is so full of being a victim these days. Right so full of victimization what they don't understand is if i or you or susie q is a victim then we don't have any power to change anything we don't have the ability to win in any way because we're a victim we have to wait for somebody to come rescue us right however if we are who god says we are which is more than a conqueror it doesn't matter what face what we face. And see victory in our lives. Does right. it take does it take courage? Yes. Mm-hmm. Does it take diligence? Yes. Is it impossible? Absolutely not. And, and just because somebody tells you it's impossible, to, that all that means, if, if somebody comes to you, Cheryl, and says, so-and-so is absolutely impossible, it'll never happen for you. Right. They're, yeah. they're not telling you that it'll never happen for you. They think that's what they're telling you. Yeah. What they're actually telling you is they don't believe it'll ever happen for you, or they don't believe it'll happen for themselves. True. 
they don't they are not counting on the anointing factor to to put you over right that's something that i've you know been saying for a while that when people tell you that they that you can't do something they're not telling you what your limitations are they're telling you what their limitations are correct but when you have when you have god and the word of god then you're pretty much limitless you know you can you can accomplish what he has said you can accomplish well, and a good example, the Lord just quickened me to this. Remember Peter walking on the water? Uh-huh. Why did he start walking on the water? Because Jesus said, come. He said, and why, did, and why did Jesus say, come? Because Peter had said, if it be you. Yeah, if it be you, then tell me to come. Right. And what what else was Jesus going to say? You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. He didn't say, well, Jesus, not me. Right. And he certainly wasn't going to talk him out of his faith and say, no, no, Peter, you're not, you're not me. You're, you're, right. You can't. Because Jesus came on this earth to show us what we could do. Right. And it says in that, in that um, passage, beginning to sink. When he looked at the wind and the waves, beginning to sink, he cried out. That beginning to sink, I've, I've questioned that many times because it does not say, you know, we see these paintings of Jesus on the wall, standing on and Peter up to his neck in water. It doesn't say he was up to his neck in water. Right. It, says it doesn't tell us to, anything. It said, right. It says beginning to sink. Well, beginning to, could, to sink could be... His big toe was covered in water, but the rest of his foot was still above water. Right. We don't know. Right. So he cried out, Lord save me. And the, and Jesus didn't say, well, you stupid Peter, you shouldn't have gone out here in the first place and let him drown. <laughs> Jesus put his hand out and, and got him. We cannot lose. That's what this whole podcast is about, is we cannot lose. Amen. Make it so we cannot lose. Right. Now, do you believe, you have to believe that. Yes, you do. Not just be with it, but I mean, I'm not saying you, but I mean, you can't just in your head go, yeah, that's right. You have to actually believe it and act on it. Right. You know, going back to um, Psalm 103, he showed his ways, he made his ways known unto Moses. God's ways, you know, he's not going to let you sink. Doesn't matter how bad it looks. And it, believe me, right now, it doesn't look very good at all. Right. In the natural. Yeah. But I'm not looking at the natural. Because he told me he was, he was Jehovah Jireh, the provider. Jehovah Shalom, my peace. Jehovah Rapha, my healer. 
Now, do I believe that or do I believe what I see and feel and taste and touch and smell? <laughs> right. I mean, not you. Yes. And we were talking a few weeks ago about Hebrews 3. They didn't go into the promised land initially because they had an evil heart of unbelief. That's why they got kept out of God's rest. That's why they kept out, got kept out of the promised land. Right, yeah. Because they didn't believe him. And I got news for anybody listening who doesn't believe we're in the last days. Try doing it on your own and see how fast you don't do well. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. we are at a point where you cannot do it on your own anymore. This is a time like no other. And every bit of prophecy that looked completely outrageous and fantastic 30 years ago now looks very real. Things that have yes. not yet come to pass and how that how how would that happen? And you read the Bible of Revelations and you think your book of Revelation, you think to yourself, how in the world would that happen? I right. used to ask myself that 30 years ago. Yeah, me too. And now you can see how it happened. And it's easier than you think it is. I mean, right. It's all deception. It's all deception. That's the whole point. That's the point of my books. Right. Deception versus discernment is what we're talking, what we're calling this. Because you have to discern what is truth. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is to know the word well enough. That when Satan puts a, a puts a thought in your head, or when a situation comes up in front of you, you can look at it and go, "I see it, but I don't believe it because the word says this." Right. Yeah. I mean, everybody, almost everybody I know has been to has seen magicians work at least once. Mm-hmm. Like you being thought of half, do you really believe you're expecting to see her cut in pieces and blood coming out of that box? No. No, because you know what? Because it's you know it's not real. You know that's not what's right. really happening. Right. And that's the way you have to train your spirit to be with what the enemy tries to put in your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see it, but I choose not to believe it. I refuse to believe it. It's coming from you, devil. I don't, I'm not listening. That's how you defeat the darkness. Yes. You, you can see it. You may experience a little bit of something. That doesn't mean it has to be there forever. And it doesn't mean that you can't still win. Amen. So we'll leave it for now. We're going to get into some things. I think we are going to talk about this next week but at least one more session of this but we'll leave it for now thank you Cheryl for joining me always anytime and thank you to all of you remember walk in confidence walk in victory 
and to feed the darkness. <laughs>